2: Live from the Nasdaq market site overlooking New York City's Times Square, this is Fast Money. I'm Melissa Lee. Tonight's trader lineup, Guy Dami, Dan Nathan, Jeff Mills, and Adam Parker, CEO of Trivariate Research. Tonight on Fast, the chart master sounding the alarm on a $2.5 trillion company. Carter Wurst says there is trouble brewing for Apple. What he sees in the charts and how you can play it. Plus, retail's time to shine. Earnings season winding down, but retail reports just heating up. Our traders are breaking down the key names they are watching heading into next week. And later, the heavy metal trade, this commodity ETF catching the eye of a few of our traders this week. What it is and why it matters for your money. We start off with another mega rally on the street. Stocks surging for the second straight day as the possibility of Russia and Ukraine coming to the table for talks push markets higher. The S&P 500 surging 2.5%, the Dow handing in its best day since November of 2020, and tech stocks continue to rebound. If you caught last night's show, we asked the question, has tech found some sort of a bottom? So given today's gains, we'll ask that question again. Has the tech trade found a bottom? Dan, you sort of poo-pooed that notion yesterday, and here we are. I or? did,
3: and the answer is not going to surprise you. I don't think so. And here's the deal, right? You don't press markets that got really oversold the way they were yesterday morning. You had this really negative sentiment. You had just a whole heck of a lot of reasons why to sell stocks here. And so you had a little bit of a capitulation. But when I look at the outperformance of the S&P 500 today versus the NASDAQ, I think it's really telling here. Some of the groups that got really heavy hit yesterday in the S&P uh, banks um, and some uh, staples and some other things you saw money rotate right back into them. So you had that big rally. I'll just say this. If you look at tech stocks, there's plenty of them today that are not particularly impressive. Look at a Zoom. This is one that we've obviously kept a close eye on from a sentiment standpoint. This stock was down on the day. OK, I mean, like so there's a, there's a lot of bad price action, in a lot of these Internet names and some of these SaaS names. And look at an NVIDIA, which has been just absolutely nailed over the last few weeks or so. Um, that earnings report last week was good. The guidance was good. The stock sold off 10 percent. It didn't even outperform the S&P today on that rally. So I think under the hood, there's a lot of things that are telling me we are not done. Might we rally for a couple more days? Sure. But I actually do think in the next few weeks, we'll be retesting those lows from yesterday.
2: But NVIDIA outperformed its peers in the semiconductor group. It outperformed its peers on the NASDAQ. And for every Zoom that we have, we've got a block guy. So how do you parse this out in terms of trying to measure sentiment? I mean, there is this notion of first in, first out, right? In terms of the areas that have seen the the biggest correction first, maybe they're the ones that will snap back rally first.
1: I took that accounting class in college. I dropped it the next day, melm <laughs> So I'm not one to talk about first in, first out, LIFO, FIFO, all these things. <laughs> but you know, it's a great Regis Philbin. The late Regis Philbin said, "Dan knows a lot," and I'm with him on this. I think what we're seeing is counter trend rally, and I'll stand by that. And last night we pointed out three things that I thought were important. Well, Carter's going to punch a hole in my apple. The IGV bounced, the the holding of that recent low, recent going back a few months. And obviously the HYG bouncing, those things all happened today as well. But I think that's all this is. And quite frankly, I don't think anything has fundamentally changed in the world. To get me all that um, excited, this sell-off that we've been in the midst of started long before these Russia-Ukraine headlines started to come around. And those are still in place. And by the way, you know, if you somehow magically think the Fed is going to change their course based on what's happening, I don't think they are. And if they do, I think that would actually be worse for the market, Melms. And I'm all geeked up here on this Thursday night.
2: Wait, when you say when the Fed, if the Fed changed course, meaning if they abandoned any rate hikes, because I think a rate hike is pretty much baked in. Or right, yeah, that would be really against consensus yeah. completely. Um, Adam Parker, you agree with this notion of a countertrend rally that we're seeing?
4: Well, it's interesting because in the 11 big sectors in the market, tech was the worst performing today. So, yeah, it was up, but it, it did lag the market. And that's not what we've seen the previous year or two where tech led in the big up market. So I, I think there's two kinds of tech. I think there's pricing power, margin expansion, positive free cash flow tech. And and that might make sense to add some. But I think the, the profitless software stuff, uh, the real go-go stuff probably still can underperform for a while. So I, I'm pretty much in agreement with the group.
2: Yeah, it wasn't a good I mean, Dan had mentioned some of the groups that didn't really participate in yesterday's rally, like the financials best performing sector in today's uh, session, Jeff Mills, isn't that a good sign actually that, that what is driving us higher is actually broadening out?
5: Yeah, I think seeing a little bit of rotation from growth to value, value to growth, it's generally a good thing. So it keeps the market afloat some. But I think if we really want to make progress, it's probably going to have to be those big tech names, those growth names. And I hate to pile on and be negative on a Friday, but I mean, look at Microsoft, Google, Amazon, just as examples, right? They all had pretty good earnings and they got a really good pop after those earnings. And everybody was all excited. Okay, Microsoft earnings, that put in the bottom for tech not so much after that you've seen them fading for the past couple of weeks so the momentum has been lower i buy the counter trend rally story and then you talk about some of the other larger names too i know we'll get into apple in a bit but nvidia even tesla these are stocks that are now flirting with that rising support so do we need to see more damage there for the market ultimately to move higher i think the answer is probably yes And I say that with the caveat that I've been championing this growth trade or quality growth trade for some time, but we're kind of laying in the weeds waiting for the opportunity because I don't think it's just yet.
3: Yeah, and I just mentioned this, you know, I just listened to Peter Bukvar on The Closing Bell and, you know, he made a lot of really great points about what's going on in the economy. But if you think back to the last two times where we've had significant sell-offs in the stock market, obviously in February and March of 2020, and then you have to go back to December of uh, 2018, where the S&P sold off nearly 20 percent. What happened here? We had accommodative, you know, turns, and that's the point I think Guy is kind of making here. And right now, what Peter just said, and I think this is really important, we have a Global TIGHTENING CYCLE RIGHT NOW. SO the, 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 THE PLAYBOOK is JUST TOTALLY, TOTALLY CHANGED. So IF YOU'RE WAITING FOR CENTRAL BANKS TO SAVE IT, I DON'T THINK THAT'S GOING TO HAPPEN RIGHT HERE. AND THE LAST POINT I JUST WANT TO MAKE, WHEN WE'RE TALKING ABOUT SOME OF THESE HIGH-GROWTH NAMES THAT HAVE ABSOLUTELY BEEN bludgeoned, YOU JUST MENTIONED BLOCK, OR THE, the FORMER SQUARE, UP 44% FROM ITS LOWS YESTERDAY. Yeah. BUT HERE'S THE DEAL, MEL. It's still down nearly 60% from its all-time highs made last wait, year. So it looks wait, 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 like a okay, blip. Okay. Pull the chart I, I up.
2: get that. Yeah, no, no, that's, actually, that's factually correct. Yeah. But, I mean, should Block have been that, at that level a year ago? No. It shouldn't. But are, are, we, are we falling into a trap by looking at how far a stock has come down and saying it's still 60% off? We're not off.
3: falling into a trap because if you hear all the time about all this cash on the sideline and valuation adjustment, mm-hmm. we net, right now we have the S&P trading below its five-year forward P.E. average. I just saw FactSet put that stat out here. So fine, um, you know, valuations have come in. So Square or Block should never have been here. But here's the thing. If you were buying that the whole way up and the stock is even after its 44% rally in the last two days, that cash is just gone. It went away, right? And investors have memory here. So I just don't think these names are coming back anytime soon. You're going to have these sorts of short squeezes. And this is really evident. We've seen this in every bear market we've ever been in. So the question you have to ask yourself, if the Fed's not going to save you this time, mm-hmm. then what is it going to be? And I just don't know, given all the geopolitical uncertainty we have in the near term.
2: I guess my point is, Guy, is that, yes, it could still be off quite a bit from levels it saw last year. But if you invest said yesterday, you'd still be up by 20 something percent. And that ain't bad. I mean, are, do we fall into a trap in a way by taking a look at comparing where we are today versus it's 52 week high when if you're up 50 percent on a stock that was bludgeoned, you're still up 50 percent. And I'm not saying if you get in now, I'm trying to be the Pollyanna to this doom and gloom panel here. So answer the question. I'm just trying to play the other side guy. What do you think? Ain't no doom and gloom
1: here, sister, and good will conquer evil and truth will set me free because you're falling into that trap again. And Dan is nodding his head because he knows what I'm talking about. Melbs, I'll spare you the Bruce Springsteen reference. Um, look, I think you make a great point. If you, if you bought the stock a week ago and enjoyed this rally up, absolutely. But I think collectively, what well, I know what I'm trying to say is the fact that the, the flip, the script has been changed, and the script used to be don't fight the Fed, very accommodative um, P/E to earnings metrics don't matter uh, basically nothing really matters in that environment now things are starting to matter people are looking at valuations valuations are becoming concerned you're going to see moves like that but again i think if you're overall extraordinarily bullish here you're effectively fighting the same fed that was underwriting this market for a decade that's no longer doing that
2: i'm not talking about being bullish i'm talking about trading the volatility, Jeff Mills. And what we've seen over the past couple of days is a massive rip your face off rally in some of these names. (laughs) Or you take a look at the ARK Innovation ETF. I mean, yeah, it's down a lot. It's down, what, 70 percent, 60 something percent from its highs in February. But in the past, it's been a pretty decent week here. So should we look for those opportunities? Is that just too risky?
5: I think it is risky at this point, but you do have some interesting growth names. I mean, take a CRM, for example, back to that 195 level. So you have some of these stocks that are at interesting support that have sold off so much. I just think at this point in time the market's going to continue to price in higher inflation expectations and a Fed that's going to be aggressive. But my point all along, and maybe this is where I'm a little bit different than the group, I think the Fed ends up moving less and meaningfully less than the market currently thinks. So if you have slowing economic growth earnings growth that's slowing better valuations rate hike expectations that are coming down a flatter yield curve that will ultimately be better for growth and profitability versus value and some of these risk on factors so that's why i think you know give it another couple of months but i actually think you do want to gravitate toward that trade
2: all right um let's get to the chart master because he is sounding the alarm on one big tech name let's get to carter worth of worth charting carter apple tell me about it
6: well, let's go right to the charts, actually, and then at the end, discuss it a bit. The first chart is just Apple on its own, and you'll see it here, and no judgments. It's an uptrend, no no debate there. Uh, the second chart depicts uh, the events, of course, of the last 48 hours. We broke trend, and then with today's recovery, we're back above that trend line. But the interesting thing, of course, is Apple, uh, compared to its brethren, it drew down the least, right? We know um, Apple down only 16% from its peak. But here's the thing, on the week, and this is important, Apple's still in the red, and everybody else up, uh, the market up, the tech sector up, and Microsoft and Google and Facebook and Amazon and so forth. And so that's kind of the issue. One, the break in trend, albeit recovered back above it. But the, the inability to really print a green week when almost everything did. And then finally, uh, this is the relative chart, and it had its chance to break out. Uh, That's a relative line. That's all it is, a ratio of Apple to the S&P, and it's faltered here. I think Apple is not a place to be if one is looking for places to be in the market.
2: Um, Carter, in terms of the the other stocks that did well this week, the mega cap tech stocks, are those places to be?
6: Well, they look better. I would say Google is my favorite of those, Mm -hmm. uh, better certainly than Apple. Uh, The real question, of course, is about the market's action itself. Big moves like this definitionally come from one of two preconditions. They come from extreme weakness, that was the circumstance here, or they come from extreme strength, which is to say you're in a blow-off phase and you're at the end of a great run-up and you get shocking yet further strength. So a big move like this on a week, yes, comes from one of two things. In this case, it's the preceding weakness, but that's the difference. Uh, It has all the characteristics of a bear market rally.
2: All right, Carter, thank you. Carter Worth, Adam, are you worried about Apple?
4: You know, I generally, am, you know, taking a more bullish tone in this group. I'd say I think earnings, you know, the expectations for the consensus are about eight percent S&P earnings in 2022 versus 2021. Maybe the real number is five. I think earnings are probably still higher at 23 than 22. So if I just take a step back, I'll say I have two to three percent buyback plus dividend. I've got three to four percent plus organic earnings growth, maybe a little more. So seven to eight percent total return. I think that looks pretty good for the S and P and I think the market, you know, tech, tech stocks like Apple probably work in that environment.
3: Yeah, but here's the only issue I have with that, Adam, is that if the S&P is trading at 18 and a half times earnings uh, this year, that are expected to grow, as you said, high single digits. So I look at a stock like Apple that's trading at 27 times, also expected to have single digits or high single digits earnings growth. And so to me, it doesn't seem that compelling. And then you think about some of the issues right. that we're talking about with inflation, supply chain issues, chip shortages. I mean, the list goes on and on. And those are all really uncertainties right now. The stock's down 7% on the year. And I look at the technical Setup that Carter just laid out, and if I think that we're going to retest those lows that we made yesterday, then stocks like Apple are probably going to lead the way, because at a certain point, they will get to it on valuation, and there might be some hiccups in the fundamentals here.
4: That, that could easily be the case. You know, my call, we were underweight tech all the way through a few weeks ago. We went to market weight, just thinking maybe we were 80% of the way through the underperformance. You know, I think it's hard to be bullish and say all of Fang you know, will act badly. Um, But, you know, Apple probably isn't my favorite one within the group. Uh, I, I hear you, but if you look out three, six, nine months, I think earnings will grow. And I think the market will say U.S. equities look better than everything else again. I also really agree with the sentiment earlier that six to seven hikes is just way too hawkish for what will ultimately happen. I don't know if it'll be one to three or something like that. But I think if you do get a directionally dovish commentary and you start believing they can thread the needle and create that Goldilocks of a little bit of tightening, but we still have a little bit of growth, I think the market will like that.
2: Coming up, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's our chart of the week. Stick around for the big reveal on the one chart catching our attention. But first, we're gearing up for another busy week of earnings. Up next, the four key names our traders are watching. Fast he's back right after this. Welcome back to fast money. We are gearing up for another busy week ahead. We're at the tail end of earnings, but there are still a handful of big name companies ready to report. Uh, You're taking a look at just a few of them. So which stocks are the traders watching heading into next week? Dan, what are you watching?
3: Yeah, so Jeff just talked about Salesforce, and this is one that's definitely on my radar, and largely because of, A, it was a market leader the whole way up, and there was a really great secular story, and this was even had nothing to do with the pandemic, right? And so, you know, this one was one of those names like Guy was just mentioning, disregard valuation. It's just a great story. They're executing really well. They're taking share in different spots. They're making acquisitions, but here's the thing. The stock went down 40% at its lows from its recent highs. Again, Mel, I'm not gonna fall into your trap. And by the way, Guy, that song <laughs> was written by Jimmy Cliff, and The great Bruce Springsteen, he did cover it. But, you know, the earnings report next week will be really interesting. If they put up a good quarter and a good guidance, we have the sort of reaction like we did with NVIDIA last week. We'll see what what that means for broader tech. And it's still not a cheap stock by any means. So, to me, I think the reaction to the earnings is going to be very important.
2: Jeff Mills, what are you watching?
5: I was watching CRM, but Dan stole my stock. But, uh, you know, respect your elders. I get it. So, we'll we'll move on. I think – I think Kohl's is interesting you know I want to read on retail I want to read on demand for actual goods we've been talking about this transition between goods to services spending I want to see what they have to say about that and I've been pretty vocal about being worried uh, about companies that are on the lower end right they're more susceptible to inflation potentially falling real wages so I want to see what they say about that. You know, you had Morgan Stanley, I think, a month ago, download Gap. uh, Excuse me, download, downgrade Gap for that very reason. So um, I think this is going to be particularly interesting to hear what they have to say. If it's positive, maybe there's a catch-up trade for names like Gap or Urban or TJX. So I'll be watching that pretty closely.
2: Adam, how about you?
4: I like to look at Costco's earnings every quarter. I mean, it's a $200 billion revenue company, so there's a lot of consumer behavior embedded in there. And you know, you also get a good read on costs, like fuel, logistics, inflationary pressure. So it gives you a good handle on, on what's happening. And, and I think it's one of the bigger revenue companies reporting next week.
2: Yeah. I mean, when they raised the price of the rotisserie chicken, you knew inflation was definitely here. That's for sure. <laughs> that's right. Um, Guy, what are you watching?
1: Melm, the market still has many rivers to cross here, but I'm watching Best Buy. And outside that huge move in November, this has been upper left, lower right. Uh, valuation is compelling, but you have no EPS growth. The reason I'm watching it, how much of this pull-forward effect is at Best Buy? What types of um, headwinds are they facing in terms of supply chains, pull-forward, chip shortage, all that stuff? Best Buy on Thursday, to me, given the way the stock is traded, is going to be fascinating.
2: Up next, our chart of the week, this commodity ETF jumping out to one of our traders. We'll tell you what it is and how they're playing it. But first, a message from CNBC contributor David Henderson as CNBC celebrates black history.
5: My dad grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, during the civil rights era. So I asked him, did you ever get to hear MLK speak? And he told me, I got to shake his hand. And I said, what? What? And he said, second best handshake of my life. And so I asked him, what was the first? And he said, yours was the day you graduated from law school. No one in my family ever climbed that high. That was my mountaintop. My advice to future leaders is to know where we've come from so you can help the next generation understand where we need to go.
2: Welcome back to Fast Money. Take a look at the GDX ETF for gold miners ending the week nearly flat after some major activity on Thursday. Guy, um, this is the one that you pointed out as the chart of the week. Why?
1: Eagle eyes, sister, because you have this two and a half year downtrend that we're right in the midst of that August 2020 high, 42 and change the May 21 high. And we topped out. Once again, right at that trend line, to the penny, as Carter would say. By the way, you'll see him in a few minutes on Options Action. (laughs) With that said, it's hauntingly familiar to this 13-year downtrend line in oil that we pointed out months ago that also traded up to the penny, failed, and subsequently broke out. I would submit, Mel, we're on the verge of exactly that. We will have a back-and-fill in the GDX, followed by a big move higher in gold. Watch this one closely, folks. By the way, I know it's Friday, not Thursday. Stop adding me on Twitter. You know what they say, Guy. <laughs> the harder they come, the harder they fall. And this one at that
3: trend line really looks like it's going to come back to that support level around 30 or so. So I just wanted to kind of stick that in there.
2: I knew that because Dan explained that to me in the break. Um, Adam, do you like gold here or gold miners for that matter?
4: You know, there's always a weird dis- metals, generally, just because I think there's shortages and the stocks are cheap and, and I think demand will exceed supply. But, you know, you guys are better technicians than me, so I'll, I'll leave it to you guys. I don't really wear a lot of gold, so uh, I'll stick with buying <laughs> copper stocks and aluminum stocks where I know there's shortages in the medium and long term.
2: I know there's a big Adam necklace underneath that uh, conservative <laughs> <top. laughs> yeah. uh, tie. I took my, yeah, I took my teeth out. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> time for the final trade. Let's go around the horn. Adam, what do you say? I like United
4: Health, UNH. I think whether value or growth works, it's got both.
2: Jeff Mills.
5: I think Ford's pretty interesting here. Back to rising support, back to that post-COVID high before the big run, back to eight times earnings, so I think you buy it here.
1: Guy. I don't know how to spell it Melms, but I'd be remiss if I didn't wish Karen Feinerman a happy birthday. Happy birthday, K Fein uh bristol myers bmy something weird going on there
2: i got a glom onto that happy birthday to my favorite fast money trader
3: <laughs> <laughs> dan, dan yeah, what's mine too to, to, to k fine happy birthday and to josh brown trb yes, josh birthday. Brown. birthday happy birthday trb um airbnb here holding that 140 level is a level it hold in january that one could look interesting.
0: all right that does it for us here on fast money is america's primary system working